Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Yes or no is the question. Yes or no? It's your choice. I know you've heard people say, maybe your whole life, maybe you've said it recently. You see it in movies. I heard it within the last week or two. I heard it within the last week or two. Man, I didn't have a choice. Well, let me tell you something. You always have a choice. Even if they put you in prison for your faith and say, man, you cannot worship God. You say, man, I didn't have a choice. I couldn't worship God. No, you could worship God in your mind. You always have a choice. Somebody say, I always have a choice. Yeah. Say it again. Say it again like you believe it. One, two, three. Say, I always have a choice. One more time. Say, I always have a choice. It may not look like you do, or that may have only been the only right choice, or maybe that was the only bad choice, or there, it seemed like it was the only choice, but I guarantee it, you always have a choice. And in making choices, I want you to understand something today. I'm going to touch briefly on this and then get into some points. Your choices have a lot to do with your boundaries. When you say yes or no, what are boundaries for? Boundaries are to protect you. There are borders between countries for political, for, uh, for government reasons, for protective reasons, for religious reasons even. You have boundaries. There's boundaries in life. And somebody needs to hear this this morning. I mentioned some of this on Wednesday night. Many times we get mad at people who have no boundaries because they're invading our boundaries. But tell you what, you can say yes, you can say no. You don't have to do everything that people want you to do. Ultimately, you are responsible to God. Are you with me? Ultimately, you are responsible to God. Your goal in life, or your goal in life should be to be right with God and bring other people into the kingdom of God and to die and go to heaven one day if Jesus doesn't return in our lifetime. But you've got to have boundaries. Boundaries define us. Boundaries protect us. You've got to learn to say no to things. You've got to learn boundaries. Boundaries create personal space. A balanced life. We don't say no to everything, but we sure don't say yes to everything. We learn to say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. Yes and no establish the boundaries of life. Even if people around you are struggling in their boundaries, you can have boundaries. I mentioned this Wednesday night. It's crazy how usually, usually, don't get me wrong, I've gotten calls late at night or early in the morning, me and my wife, or in the middle of the night, or knocks on the door, there were true emergencies. But it's crazy how, as a pastor, I'll get those calls or texts at 12, 1, 2 a.m., and it's not an emergency. It feels like an emergency because they're drunk. I'm ready to change. And the next day I text them when I have time and there's a boundary, and I go, I'll meet with you, man. I'll see you at church Wednesday night. I don't hear from them. Boundaries. Boundaries protect us. Boundaries define us. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. If you dwell in the secret place of God, Psalm 91, within the boundary of His protection, is His wings, His boundary, then you're protected. You have refuge. <clears throat> you have a fortress. So boundaries are everything, all right? So you've got to be able to say yes to things. You've got to be, be able to say no to things. And ultimately, you answer to who in life and afterlife? Who? One more. It's not a trick question. Who do you ultimately answer to in life? 
Yeah. And when you stand before God someday, it's not going to be, well, God, they made me. They tricked me. They forced me. No, you have a choice. You have a choice how to respond to things. I'm telling you, you have a choice. So I want to talk to you about some things this morning that you want to learn to say no to. Just a few things, all right? The first point today is say no to sin. Sin basically, as defined by Scripture, is anything that depleases God. It's immorality. And I know some people say, well, immorality is just sexual sin. Pornography or adultery or, or sexual activity outside of marriage, that's, that's immorality only. But, you know, immorality is anything that is against God's law, really. Okay? Immorality is anything that is not moral, anything that is against God's law. So sin covers all of that. If you know it's wrong according to God's moral law, then no way. No way, Jose. Don't do it. Don't do it. If you know it's wrong, according to God's law, you've got you've to move your life around. You may feel like you have to move heaven and earth. You've got to start to learn to say no to sin. I'm going to tell you something. We're praying for revival in this church. I brought that up, that I believe the spark of revival is within us. Revival always begins with repentance. Revival always begins with rep repentance of sin. Every major revival and awakening began with repentance of sin. Sin doesn't like to be exposed. Now, I don't want anybody shamed or exposed or anything like that, but I want people to be right with God. My priority in life, man, we want a full church here. You heard Pastor Jen praying about that, talking about that. Want a full church. But why would Pastor Jen say that? She wants a full church because in her heart of hearts she wants revival. She wants the place packed out because God is doing something in lives. People are repenting of sin. They're getting right with God. That's the only reason on earth we want this place full and 512 and King's Kids and this house for English and this house for Spanish and the gym packed out and big conferences and people coming in and miracles. Why? Just to fill the place? Just to raise money for projects? No. It's for revival. And here's what revival is. It's God's people coming back to life. That's what revival is. It's literally reviving. I remember growing up, people would be like, man, come to our church. We're having revival. They dumbed, D-U-M-B-E-D, they dumbed that word down into meaning a church service, revival. We're having a special church service, so it's revival. No, revival begins in your heart. Revival is confessing, repenting of sin, and wake. it's like waking from the dead for God's people. Now, an awakening is like a large spread revival. An awakening is when the world starts to come in, and they begin to awaken and repent, and they join into the revival. An awakening can, it's defined different ways by different people, but it's more large spread. It can be a county, it can be a state, it can be a nation. And it all starts with people saying no to sin. I'm going to tell you right now, I've been studying about it, I've been praying about it, God speaking to me about it, God cleaning my heart out, me going, God, if there's anything in there, if there's any strange motives, God, if there's anything, God, I just want you. God, as you are my witness in heaven, I just want you. My priority is you, God. I just want to be right with you. I want to be right with you. And I told God this morning, Lord, the cry of my heart is that we be revived and awakened. That is the cry of my heart. I want a packed-out church because God is doing something here. 
the whole pastoral team, and I believe you are on the same page, is, man, we want this place packed out for revival purposes, to hear the word, to love, to reach out to somebody. Revival changes things. Did you know revival satisfies all the needs, the deepest needs of your soul, the people you've been praying for, the financial needs you've been having? Why? Because once you have awakened to God, you get, you get a lot more of your prayers answered. Once you are right with God and awakened to the things of God, God begins to speak to you. Once you are right with God and awakened to the things of God, God begins to do, move in your life. God loves you right now. You're his child right now, but he wants to wake you up. He wants to wake me up even more to his calling. He wants to wake me up to the, his purposes in life. So point one this morning, man, this has gone in a different direction. I just thank you, Lord. But this isn't exactly the way I had planned. But point one this morning is saying no to sin. Why fall into sin and stay there? Why, why stay there? Well, people, they have different excuses, don't they? Well, it feels good. I wanted to. You heard this one a while ago. I had no choice. They talked me into it. I was tricked. I was lonely. I was hurt. I was sad. I was heartbroken. Did you know one of the things in life that really is a draw, even for believers, to try to get them into sin? Is heartbreak and disappointment. I've seen believers just about run away from God over some heartbreak or disappointment that happened in their life instead of running to God. This is turning out to be more prophetic than I'd planned, but we're going to let the Spirit of God flow this morning. Is that all right with you? There are people in here that I believe, and I believe there's people that should have been here today, but I believe everybody who is here right now, God has a divine appointment and a purpose for you being here this morning. Don't let heartbreak push you away from God. My mom just went to be with Jesus. And you know what that did for us as a family? My dad was always seeking God. We were always seeking God. But I believe as a family, it's pushing us closer to God, not away from him. I remember years ago, Pastor Joel preached a message. I believe it was 09. He said, he said man, when bad things happen in life and your world is shaken, it does not give you any right to drop everything and run away from God and, an, and have an excuse to fall into sin now. I've known decent people that something bad happened to them. They blamed God, number one, and number two, they just started running from God, which I'll never understand that. If God is your comfort, if God is always with you, which he is, if he is your father, why would you not run to your father? When times are rough, you want to run to God. So I believe there's a word in here for somebody in saying no to sin. You need to run to God even through the hard times. You need to run to God, even in the hard times. This is not a hard word. This is just the truth, man. You say, man, but I've struggled, and I've had this, and I, I know there's always different reasons. There's always folks can say, man, I haven't read my Bible because of this, or because, hey, man, I don't always feel it either. I've had seasons where I had a harder time reading my Bible, so what did I do? I just soaked up the Word. I listened to it on my phone. I listened to it on CD. Anybody remember CDs in here? They're little round things like that. Put them, they're laser discs. They play music and stuff, sound. But anyway, a lot of folks don't even mess with CDs anymore. But there are seasons where you can't do it like you always have, and that's fine. Let God do what he has always done in your life, regardless of how you feel, regardless of what season you are in your life. Let God take care of you. Let God prove to you his track record. Say no to sin. Start to say no to sin. Let's go to Galatians 5, 19 through 21. This isn't a fun list, but, you know, it's basically a list of sin. 
I feel like it's important. Check this out. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very, very clear. Look at this. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. What else? Idolatry. Wow. Putting other things before God. Sorcery. Sorcery is a work of the flesh. Did you know that in this case? Or witchcraft, one translation says it. It can be manipulation. It can be getting into actual witchcraft, or it can be operating in a spirit of witchcraft by controlling people, lying, being jealous, trying to control lives and control outcomes. That's the basis for witchcraft is you trying to be in control, okay, or sorcery. Hostility, that's not of God. Quarreling, fighting, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension. Dissension is division, not getting along. What else? There's division. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties. One translation says orgies and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, look at what he says. Anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Man, that's a tough word. Say, man, Pastor Matt, I came here to feel good today. Good, because there's good news in all of this. Number one, God is faithful. Number two, you can just turn around and be right in God's arms. Pastor Jen led us in a prayer today. I closed my eyes too. I listened to her. I don't know who raised their hands this morning. But somebody got right with God today. There's always hope. And guess what? The good news of the gospel is this. The gospel is good news. The entire gospel is good news. There's hope. There's heaven. There's peace right now. There's a chance for you to get right with God. So you've got to walk away from sin. You've got to avoid sin. I need to get into my next point. All right. Point two today. Say no to what? Things that violate your conscience. Things that violate your conscience. Things that the Bible may not mention specifically, but they bother your conscience when you do them. You ever had something like that? Like, oh, I don't feel right about, I don't feel right about, you know, that, that, that bothers me in my soul. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, the Bible doesn't say it specifically. That Maybe that type of movie. It may violate your conscience. See, the Bible does not say, Thou shalt not drink Jack Daniel. Now, I think we can all agree that even sipping on Jack Daniel is bad. Okay? Bad for your health. It can, it can open the door on family curses, generational curses. But look, for me... <clears throat> No alcohol for me is an absolute conviction in my life, so that would violate my conscience. Purposely and purposefully being around areas where alcohol is being consumed, all right, maybe at a party or something like that, that violates my conscience. It may not violate yours. Now, if God leads me somewhere to be a light and be an example, then I will do so. But we have to go with how God is leading us in our conscience. Don't violate your conscience. You don't ever want to do that. Then you start to be double-minded. You start to not have any standards. You've got to decide where you stand and stick with it and line it up with God's Word. Make sure it lines up with God's Word. So don't violate your conscience. Go to Romans 14.23. Look at this verse. This is an interesting verse. This is talking about eating when the people of God would get together and about eating certain things. Look at what this says. If you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something... Isn't this interesting? How simple. If you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it, for you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, then what? You are sinning. 
Isn't that crazy? So if you go to a rated R movie and you believe that's not right, that is sin. Interesting. Now, I cannot outlaw rated R movies in here. I can't. Wednesday night, we were talking. We kind of discussed it briefly. I was talking about it. The Passion of the Christ was rated R. I've watched it many times. But you know what I mean about a standard rated R movie. If you feel that's wrong, if it's against your convictions, don't watch it. Don't be around it if you feel it's wrong because that's sin to you. All right? That's point two today. If you believe it to be wrong, you can't do it in faith. Right? If you believe it's wrong, you can't do it in faith. And anything that is not done in faith is sin. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. All right? So if you can't do it in faith, going, man, I can do this. This is right for me. I'm telling you, if you're violating your conscience, you're not doing it in faith. Okay? So make sure you listen to the Spirit of God within you. Number three, this ties into point two. But I wanted to separate this point. This is important to me. Say no to things that rob your peace. This may not be a sin. It may not even violate your conscience. For example, someone may say, you know what? I want you to go all expense paid trip with me somewhere. They're a friend of yours. Not even necessarily of the opposite sex or anything. Ladies, it's one of your girlfriends. It's one of your homegirls. I don't know. Your fr- Ladies, it's one of your friends. They invite you on an all-expense-paid trip. But something within you doesn't feel right. The trip doesn't necessarily violate your conscience, per se. It's not sin in and of itself. It's not immoral. It's not illegal. But you don't have peace about it. If you don't have peace about something, it doesn't feel right. Don't do it. Sometimes you'll get an opportunity to partner with someone in a business deal or to partner on a business deal somehow. Not necessarily a business, but in a, in a transaction. You say, man, they're Christian. They're living right. They're talking right. Everything's lined up. This is a minimal investment. And somehow God's speaking to you. and You say, man, I don't feel peace about that. I don't feel right about that. Did the whole thing violate your conscience? Not necessarily. Is it sin? Is it immoral? No. But it bothered you. It robbed your peace. Or you're, maybe you're supposed to go visit some Christian relatives or some relatives. You don't have peace about it. Listen to God. Go with peace. It can save your life. Go with peace. It can preserve and strengthen your walk with God. Go with peace. Why? Why do you not ignore that? Because God is trying to protect you. It may not be your physical body in danger, but it could be your walk with God in some area. It could be something that you'll be exposed to. Who knows? You may not know it in this life, but God is trying to protect you when you have a lack of peace about something. Don't ignore it. Maybe it's just to be around someone, around something, a certain job, business deal, whatever it is, a trip. I've had people tell me this. They were going to eat something, and they're like, I don't have peace about that. My wife has told me that before, and I just jumped right in. We went to visit Mom and Dad Brown one time. Dad Brown was working in Key Largo. He was working at a nuclear power plant. And we got there, and they had been sick. So we showed up. Our, my, our nephew, Jaden, he had been sick. He barfed in the house, and it was one of those things. And as soon after, uh, Mom Brown was supposed to go pick up me and Jen in Miami and drive us down. I'm coming. I'm going to go. And then we got a text when we arrived. I'm not feeling so good, but I'm still going to go. Jen's like, let's go ahead and head toward the rental car. Let's go ahead and head down there. Pretty soon, on the way, we get a text. I'm not going to make it. 
It was progressively worse. I'd gotten infected by my nephew. So mom and dad Brown were sick, like sick. I'm talking dad Brown says he laid on the floor at one point because couldn't make it to the restroom. Weak. A stomach virus. Terrible. Well, Jen goes, baby, we're renting a car. I said, great. We're driving down there. We're having a little adventure. It was for Thanksgiving of 2012. She goes, let's stop at this gas station. I'm buying Lysol and hand sanitizer. Uh-uh. I'm not getting sick. Jen had been well a while. The year before, she had she'd fallen ill for some months and didn't feel good. And, and so she says, I've, I'm healed, and I'm not getting sick again. So let's get some hand sanitizer and Lysol. So we show up at the house late at night. It's like 1130 at night. Jen is anointing doorknobs with Lysol. She's spraying the house. Giving you the backdrop of this story. So I march in. I have an iron stomach, according to myself at that time. And Mom Brown had made some amazing tuna salad. I love her tuna salad. I pulled it out of the fridge. Uh Uh-huh, I'm already getting some looks. Y'all know where this is going. Pulled it out of the fridge. Jen's like, I don't have peace about that. I'll never forget. What a lesson in peace. See, and I didn't realize she had made it after, after she had gotten sick. Oh, after Jaden was sick? Oh, so that bug was already in. It was there. And it was a cold product. You didn't heat it. So it wasn't going to kill germs in the microwave or on the stove. Tuna salad. You know where this is going, don't you? So I remember, man. I ate that salad, tuna salad. I probably had two sandwiches. It was good. I may have had three. I don't know. But something happened. Something happened the next day. I was like, oh, I don't, I'm feeling weird. Oh, and I, I, I haven't thrown up in like over 20 years at that point. And I was like, oh. No, at that point, I think I hadn't thrown up in like 16 years. And I was like, oh, I feel like throwing up. Something's not right. Something's going on. I should have. Listen to the voice of God. I should have listened to peace. I probably should have listened to my wife. Right? Not probably. I should have. It's like I don't have peace about that. And I just jumped in and started doing it. If you'll say no to things that rob your peace, you can save money. You can save time. You can save heartbreak. You can save illness or injury. You can save on a lot of wasted time just by listening to your spirit man on the inside, okay? So be careful with stuff that robs your peace. Don't just plunge ahead and just do stuff. Forge ahead. Be careful. Let's go to Colossians 3.15. Colossians 3.15. Look at this. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. I'm just going to read that first part of the verse. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. If the peace that comes from Jesus is not ruling in your heart, at any point you go, why am I feeling a lack of peace? Is it my eating? Is it my sleeping? Is it who I am around? Am I praying and reading the word properly? Am I I missing out on prayer? What's going on in my life? Do I not have peace about that situation? Why do I have a lack of peace? Why is there turmoil? Over the years, we've been through battles. We've been through battles. Mom's health. And then her passing, different battles in the ministry, different battles in our personal lives. But I will tell you this. People have gone to stay at our house to take care of our dogs. We weren't even there. And they said, man, something about your house. It feels peaceful. Here's some wisdom to the wise this morning. Guard the peace that God has given you. Don't let anybody violate that. Don't let people rob your peace. Don't let the enemy rob your peace. 
Don't let movies rob your peace. Don't let activities rob your peace. Man, you be connected to the church you're planted in. I believe you're planted and called to be in this church this morning. This is part of your peace. This is part of your peace. Being in unity with your spouse is part of your peace. You're married with your husband or your wife. Being in unity with your family, hey, to the best of your ability. Some of you say, man, my family's crazy. They make fun of me now that I serve God. You can be in unity with them to the best of your ability and be at peace with them. You say, man, I have enemies. Scripture says in Proverbs, the man whose ways please the Lord, even his enemies are at peace with him. I've had people over the years, they didn't like me for nothing. But it's like they, at some point they started to give me favor and they still didn't like me. I think psychology teaches us, and I've heard other ministers preach about this, that no matter how hard you try, one out of ten people you meet just won't like you. Okay, they're lost. I remember growing up thinking, man, are they weird? Do they not know me? Look how cool and charming I am. <laughs> that was until I humbled myself, right? Until <laughs> God dealt with me. But I remember thinking, you don't think I'm just like fun to be around? Like, what's wrong with you? Well, people are different. You may rub them the wrong way. I'm touchy-feely and hug. I'm, I'm a hugger and stuff. And I remember over the years, I'd, I'd want to hug people. And some are, they're, they're real careful about their personal space. They don't want to be hugged. They see you come into the room ready to hug, and they're hiding. They're spraying Lysol. They're running. They're praying in tongues. They're, they're asking God to protect them and the angel of the Lord to keep you from them. I mean, whatever. They're avoiding. They're, you're walking in the front door. They're walking out the back door because you're too touchy-feely maybe. But no matter what, whether people like you or not, and God's going to give you favor, and your enemies are going to be at peace with you, but you guard the peace of God on your life. God has given you peace. Jesus said, I give you a peace that the world cannot give. He said, the peace I give you, it's not like what the world gives. It's different. It's lasting. It's real. It's pure. And it's, it's true peace. It really is. So you guard the peace of God that he's given you. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. You're like, man, man, been, they've been watching horror movies in my house. It's robbing my peace. Uh-huh. Get those things out of your house. I don't know who that is for this morning. Horror movies, I don't understand the purpose of them. Man, why do you want to be scared? Some people have such a spirit of fear on them because they've opened the door to demons by watching that junk. And the hard thing about horror movies is they disrespect God in so many ways. They're killing his prized creation, humans. There's murder and all kinds of stuff in horror movies. And usually, as far as I can tell, horror movies have perversion in them somehow. So they're messing with you all kinds of ways. You don't want to mess with that. Guys, I don't know your personal lives. I don't know which movies you're watching right now, as God is my witness. But somebody in here needs to hear the word of the Lord. Man, avoid those horror movies. Get them out of your house. You've got DVDs still. Get them out. If you're streaming them, don't. Avoid those things. Things that rob your peace, man, or violate your conscience, or bring sin into the house. Get rid of those things. Point four today. Say no to anything not done in love or with love. Say no to anything not done with love. Just don't do it. Here's a real easy example. Like this is a no-brainer, right? Hey, man, come with me. Hey, come with me, bro. Your primo tells you, your cousin tells you, hey, man, come with me. We're going to go cuss him out. We're going to go just call him out and yell at him, and we may get into a, uh-uh, avoid stuff not done in love. You're going to go with me, and we're going to, uh-uh. That's not done in love. Robbing and all subs, that's not something done in love, but that's kind of a no-brainer, isn't it? That always ends up bad. That just, 
anything not done with love. If you love people, let me back that up. If you love God, you're going to love people by default. We're going to be talking more about that. Pastor's been on that for a while about loving God. He's been on that a few weeks. So powerful because if you love God, you're going to do all these things. You're going to say no to sin, things that violate your conscience, things that rob your peace, and anything not done in or with love. Let's go to Ephesians 5.2. Ephesians 5.2. Live a life filled with love. I believe the King James Version says walk in love. Following the example of Christ, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let's go back to the beginning of that verse. Live a life filled with love. Ask yourself, are the things that I'm doing, are they, is, it, is it to love God and love others? Are the things that I'm doing, when I do them, am I walking in love? So say no to anything not done in love. The treatment of your spouse, the treatment of your neighbors. Heaven's a treatment of animals. Like, really, you can do stuff in love. You can treat people and things around you well. You can just be patient and kind. You can practice it. Let God work on your love. Once again, the King James Version says, walk in love. I want to throw this verse in there today. We don't have to put it on the screen. It wasn't part of the plan. Amos 3.3, A-M-O-S 3.3, says, How can two walk together unless they're in agreement? Thank you. That was fast. How can two walk together unless they're in agreement? So you've got, got to ask yourself, how can I walk with God unless I'm in agreement with Him? You want to be in agreement with God? You've got to say no to sin. You've got to say no to anything done apart from love. You've got to learn to say no to things that rob your peace. You've got to say no to things that violate your conscience. All these things show that you're walking with God. If you're walking with God, then you're going to be in agreement with Him. It's hard to walk with someone unless you're agreed. I've had people tell me and disagree and tell me, man, I've accepted Jesus, I love God. But basically, they don't agree with Scripture. That's hard to do, isn't it? My wife and I have gone on walks together over the years, and we, we've really enjoyed it. I love walks. We go on walks, and we've talked and had a good time on walks. And I guarantee you, the success of our walks is based upon the fact that we're in agreement. That almost sounds too basic. It's so simple, that's like preschool. But in my mind, there's times, because I think of Scripture so often, I've thought of this verse before, I'm like, man, here I am walking with my wife, and how would we walk unless we were in agreement? I've seen people out for a walk, and somebody get mad, and they go separate ways. I've seen it, I've witnessed it in my life. Uh, especially men and women. Like, they're frustrated, and they can't walk together because they're not in agreement. They're mad. And one's storming ahead of the other one. Like that, power walking. And that wasn't the goal that day. It wasn't a power walk day. It was a walk day. So how can two walk together unless they are agreed? I believe God has spoken to you today as the soft music plays. I believe God is doing something in your heart. And I really believe, I really believe God is birthing revival in this church and in this city. I really do. So, yes. That's a powerful song. Thank you. Bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. Pastor Jen was led by the Spirit, I believe, and she had you raise your hand if you needed to get right with God, if you needed to accept Jesus. I don't want anybody looking. We're going to start this way and start simple.